Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Irish on Tap, a podcast about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish presented to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300, and you can follow our main account at On Tap Irish. Today, we're going to be taking a little bit of a look back at the Senior Day victory over Boston College, 44 to nothing. A Senior Day shutout, how about it? And then this week's rivalry game. Huge matchup with implications for the college football playoff. But the battle for the George Shillelagh in Notre Dame at USC. So before we get into everything, let's talk about this past weekend, right? We talked about it in the buildup. It was senior day. It's an important day for those guys that are no longer going to be at Notre Dame and playing their final game in Notre Dame Stadium. And what a hell of a performance, right? You come off a week that – you scored 35 points in the first half, and then you just drop an egg in the second half. For the second consecutive week, they scored 35-plus points in the first half. They only scored a touchdown in the second half. I'm cool with that. I don't really care. They dominated on defense. They, from the very outset of this game, like they were already up 3 nothing two minutes in. I wanted that to be a touchdown drive, but it is what it is. And then by the end of the first quarter, they're up 17-nothing, and they take a 37-point lead into the half and it was great defense it was execution on the offensive side of the ball benjamin morrison had three more interceptions isaiah foskey recorded his 25th sack of all time at notre dame breaking justin tuck's record like just another great day in the office if you're a notre dame football player and notre dame football coach and a great day for us fans and drew pine nothing too sexy 13-25, 13 to 25, 156 yards and a touchdown, a 61.6 QBR. On the ground, obviously, you know the identity of this team. 38 carries as a team, 281 yards. The distribution goes as is. 15 carries for 122 for Logan Diggs. He has been playing out of his mind during this this stretch of the season, these last like four games. Uh Audric Estime, 11 carries for 71 yards. Diggs found the end zone once, estimate twice. And Chris Tyree even got over 50 yards, or at least at 50 yards. He was six carries, 50 yards, and a touchdown with a long at 26. Styles had two for 27 on the end of rounds. And yeah, another dominant performance from our offensive line. And the running game really came to play again for another week. And shortened the game up, helped everyone get out of the snow early because it did start coming down like crazy in the second half. But hell of a performance on the offensive side of the ball from the passing perspective, a little bit of a more generous distribution chart this week. Uh, Drew Pine connected with six different players. He got Meyer for five digs for one Colsey for two or Colsey for one Salerno for two uh, Thomas for two and Tyree for two. So a little bit more even distribution. We've seen that. Yeah. uh, They just don't really, throw the ball to the receivers all that often, but it is what it is. Um, On the defensive side of the ball, turnovers were created, though, right? Benjamin Morrison earned himself Jim Thorpe player or corner of the week award for his three interception performance. And then just looking through the numbers, right? We talked early in the week that we needed good performance from our linebackers. We didn't think that we were going to see Phil Dracovic, and we didn't. But he posted some dumb shit on social media, uh, basically like calling Notre Dame just a brand, which absolutely blew my mind. But 
I mean, he wasn't even like good enough to play at Notre Dame or didn't wait his time to play at Notre Dame. Well, he was behind the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history, a guy that's won more games than Joe fucking Montana. So please save me that. Phil didn't play. Don't think he would have been able to save him if even if he did. Uh, absolutely clap, 44 nothing. Bertrand had five. Kaiser had four. LaFau had three. Uh, obviously, uh, Foskey was able to get a sack on the day. Kaiser had a sack. Batello had a half. Who who do you split it with? Who do you split it with? He split it with Justin Adamalola. So, honestly, I did not expect Boston College to be competitive in this game. I expected Notre Dame to come in and play our brand of football, both on offense and the defensive side of the ball, but I didn't think that we were going to shut them out. I think I said like 35-13 or something in the pregame. But to get a shutout, to have the snow, to have the atmosphere, all the vibes, everything looked like – it looked like a picture-perfect day to be at Notre Dame. And I know that sounds crazy, but that's just like the Midwesterner in me. Like I've been to Notre Dame on a, on a snow day per se, like a day that there was just so much, maybe not so much snow, but you know, enough snow in the air, maybe not accumulated on the ground that it was noticeable. And it, it just snow football is just infinitely better than not snow football. And if you can play the brand of football in that cold weather where it's like you, you play good defense and you run the football, you're always going to be able to win. But offensively this week for player of the game, it has to be Logan Diggs, right? Like Logan Diggs was many would have thought the number three running back maybe going into this season after we got to week one, where, you know, SMA got all the carries against Ohio state Chris Tyree was catching all the passes and getting the other carries. I And I think he maybe had like six or eight that week, probably like the same load that he gets every week. But Estime had a ton more. And obviously we had the fumble problem with Estime, so Estime saw less time. But Logan Diggs has always been more the Swiss Army knife in the room, the guy that can do it all the guy that can go in on fourth and one and get you the yard that you need and the guy that can catch it out of the backfield or take a pitch to the house. So, I mean, to see him get the snaps that he's been getting and producing at the level that he has has been glorious. And I've said it all season. Having three backs producing at even an average level, you're always going to get good performances on offense. Having two backs, you know, pick two each week that perform way above average and then one that's right about kind of just where we need them to be. They're always going to dominate and then throw a dominant offensive line in there. It's, it's game ass over. So love that for us, but this week, Oh, well, we'll go to the defensive side of the ball defensively uh, for this game, or you got to go Benjamin Morrison, three interceptions. It's not that hard to figure out uh, the kid has absolutely grown into his own. And I know he was getting picked on early in the season, but Benjamin Morrison is going to be a lot of fun to watch here uh, for the rest of his career at Notre Dame. As you all know, he's only a freshman, but he has five interceptions tied for fourth in the nation. So good stuff. Uh, Like I said, he won Jim Thorpe. Uh, corner or defensive back of the week this week. I just saw that before I started to record. I'm glad I did. But, yeah. 
beautiful performance, one of the best games I've seen as a Notre Dame fan. And, yeah, it was just all business. And I'll say on the topic of this week, right, so we, we come into this game ranked 15th in the nation. We are really just gaining steam, right? Like gaining traction. We've been a hot team. We've been finding way to finding ways to win games outside of the couple unicorn games that we've had, the Stanford, the Marshall. Obviously, we're going to lose to Ohio State. We just weren't a college football playoff caliber team this year. But one thing that I can say, and I can say it confidently, right? It, it may sound corny as hell too. But I was sitting here and I was thinking about this season. And obviously, one of the things you always get on the show is we'll try to make a positive spin out of things, but we'll also call it how we see it when we're playing like shit. But all things considered, rookie head coach, first-year head coach, whatever you want to call it, okay? You lose the first two games of the season, you start 0-2. You go on a great run. You play some great football, beat a couple good teams, beat a couple stinker teams, and then you lose to Stanford, right? Stanford is fucking awful. But the team from that Stanford game, after that, you beat Syracuse, you beat Clemson. I know I've talked about it for weeks where it's like, maybe a goal of this team should be to get back in the top 10. But I think I'll say of all the teams that I've watched at Notre Dame, I'm 28. I didn't start watching Notre Dame until... I was probably like eight years old or something like that. So maybe for like the last 20 years, right? It's a team that as a fan and as someone, you know, who is financially invested week in and week out because I usually bet on them, someone that is emotionally invested, obviously, because I've been a fan for more than two quarter or like two-thirds of my life. And obviously with the show, like the show is infinitely more fun uh, when we are winning football games and things are going great. Right. We've had the show for uh, I want to say this is our fourth year doing the show. We've been in the college football playoff twice during that time. Obviously, it didn't go great when we got there, but the show's a lot more fun when we're sitting here hyping up a 44 nothing victory uh, as we get ready for rivalry week playing against USC than losing against like Stanford or against Marshall. And I don't know, sitting here at eight and three, number 15 team in the nation. Right. Coming into this game against USC, they have their work cut out for them. They still would have to play the Pac-12 championship and win that and need some help to get in the college football playoff. But they don't get into the college football playoff without beating Notre Dame. And we already slammed the door on that for Clemson. I've talked about it for weeks that going into this game, we would have opportunity to be maybe around like 12th or 11th team in the nation going into the or going into maybe bowl season or after bowl season we'll have an opportunity to get back top 10 but i am very excited for this game and like i said proud of this team the way they've been able to battle and the job that they've done but the job's not done yet right if you finish this season off at 9 and 3 with the losses that we've had the weird shit that has just gone on during this season, obviously with the new head coach and a high turnover on the roster to be sitting here at nine and three. And if you beat USC and you beat Clemson and you're sitting there at, let's say 
after conference championship weekend, which is the weekend they select all the bowl games, if you're sitting there at the number 12 to to eight team, how the hell do you not get into a New Year's Six Bowl? I saw something the other day that said the Gator Bowl. That probably anticipates that that we lose this game. But if we win this game, we need to be in a New Year's Six Bowl. And I think that is the perfect bookend to one full calendar year for Marcus Freeman being at Notre Dame. Saw a bunch of bullshit throughout this year. Saw people calling for his job after like four weeks. I had mentioned it on the show. I'll be the first one to admit it. You can pull the tapes up. I don't care. But at a certain point, you had to ask the question the way we were, the way we were, we started and we're playing, you know? And yeah, the way they've been able to turn, turn the season around twice, you know, after starting the season 0 and 2, and then obviously the Stanford loss, this is your conference championship. This is, your play-in game to get into a New Year's Six Bowl game, right? You win this game, you get into a New Year's Six Bowl game. And I think that no matter which way things shake out, I don't think that LSU will get into the playoff. And I want LSU in a bowl game. I want Brian Kelly in a bowl game. I don't care that it's contrasting styles of teams. I want this Notre Dame team to win this weekend, obviously, at USC, as I want them to win every weekend and every game they play. But I want LSU in a bowl game if we're able to win this game. And hopefully, knock on wood, they don't go to the college football playoff because that will absolutely kill me. Because that, yeah, they are just not a college football playoff team. They're very high in the rankings uh, this week. But let me pull up the college football playoff rankings kind of see where everything's at and then we'll get into more in depth on this week's game because USC is an absolute stud team. They have playmakers all over the field and they put up so many points every week. I know it's another game of extremely contrasting styles, but if I pull college football rankings, college football playoffs. So, I'll just go with the teams up to us or yeah, like up to like three past us. So obviously Georgia, Ohio state, Michigan, they play this week. So there's going to be some shake up there, but not enough shake up for them to drop lower than Notre Dame. Uh, number four, TCU, obviously the four undefeated teams, number five, LSU nine and two. I don't know. I cannot fathom LSU getting into the playoff USC. This is their play-in game to get into the college. Well, they got two play-in games. That they have two more games. Alabama seven, Clemson eight, Oregon nine, Tennessee ten, and they're cooked. Uh yeah, I just they're not getting in. And they got they lost to South Carolina and got sixty burgered, I think, by Spencer Rattler. Shout out to South Carolina. I live bet them up three touchdowns at even money, and they like yeah. I just didn't. <laughs> I didn't even know that Spencer Rattler was going to play that like that. And then when I saw that they were giving me that, I'm like, that's a bet that I'm willing to take. But uh, after Tennessee, you have Penn state nine and two, uh, Kansas state eight and three, who has a chance to play for a big 12 championship and ruin TCU season. Then you have Washington and Utah. So 
I think there's room to growth to room for growth if we win this game to maybe slide up to like eleven or twelve. We'll see what happens. But let's talk about the game. Going into this week's matchup, uh, we are five and a half point underdogs against USC, and rightfully so. The game's at home for USC. Uh, they have not beaten us in quite some time. I'll look up the exact year uh, when the last time that they beat us was, but it's going to be a tough game, tough environment, great quarterback in Caleb Williams. They have a number one receiver in Jordan Addison. That is an absolute stud will be great, great receiver at the next level, but they give us a 34.5% chance to win this game. Um, over under 64 and a half in our money lines plus 175. Like I said, team that is built on offense. They don't play great defense. I think that there will be a certain type of game plan going into this game to prevent their offense from being on the field, right? And it's not too different from what we see every week where a team that likes to run the football, control the clock, really bleed the ball out, and just make sure that your offense doesn't have the time required to do what you need to do. Overall, as a unit, they score 42.9 points a game, average 513 yards, 330 of those through the air, and 182 on the ground. But in the running back room, Travis Dye got hurt last week or two. No, it was two weeks ago. He didn't he didn't play in the uh he didn't play in the UCLA game. And two, think about this. USC's not coming off a of bye week. They are coming off arguably one of the toughest games on their schedule where they played against UCLA, and that game came down to the wire. I think they ended up winning that game by three. It was like a 41-38 to 38 game. It was a really good game. I watched it. But, yeah, they, they're going to they're gonna throw the shit out of the football, right? Caleb Williams has 3,500 yards through the air, 33 touchdowns on the year, and only three picks. Uh, Addison is at 765 yards, and I know he sat some time out with injury. They got two other receivers that are over 500, and then two receivers sitting in in the 300 area. It is an offense that not afford to let them beat you with the deep ball. You have to limit possessions. You have to control the clock. We need to be able to run the football, and I think that we'll have every opportunity to do so. Uh, as much as their offense is a great unit and they score the points at you know at a high amount on the defensive side of the ball, they're giving up 26.3 points per game, which is not that many points, right? But in terms of yardage, 405 yards, 257 through the air, but they give up 147 on the ground, and we average 191 a game on the ground. One of the most balanced offense in college football, 189 in the air, 191 on the ground. And – just seeing uh, and trying to imagine USC defenders trying to tackle Audric SMA is a hilarious visual, but I'm excited to see uh, just another opportunity for this team to get out there and right the wrongs that they had from earlier in the season, an opportunity to get to nine and three. And then obviously we talked about it uh, in past weeks. You still have a chance to get to 10 wins. Maybe a little bit harder to get there because you're not getting there at, you know, 11 and 1, 12 and 0, or 10 and 2. But you find a way to win the last game of the season to get to 9 and 3. You have a chance to get to 10 and 2 in the bowl game or to 10 and 3 in the bowl game. And you have, no matter what happens, if you win this game, 
you have a great opportunity to match up with another great opponent, another top 10 team that is a great litmus test for the guys that will be staying in the program and a great showcase for the guys that will be leaving the program via the NFL. So just continue to win football games is where I'm at. Uh, offensively, for us this game, it's important to run the football. I don't think our offensive line is going to have any any problems stopping USC's front seven. We are one of the most physical and talented units from the offensive line in all of college football. And I really do believe that if we're able to have 35, maybe 40 minutes of possession, really limit the time that USC has the ball, that is the best way to win this game. I don't really want to see this team get up to 65 or this game get up to 65 points total. I think that if we're to win this game, this is a game that you got to win like 28, 24, maybe like 31 to 28. And I know those sound like high numbers, but USC can get into the 40s. They've scored 40-plus plenty times this season. Um, And I know we're an offense that can get going too, but you don't want to get into a track race with this team. Even though they don't have a great defense, they will continue to score and score and score. I'm interested to see as I still have Benjamin Morrison's player profile up. It just reminded me of him, but I want him on Jordan Addison. Freshman corner, five interceptions on the season. Give me my best against your best. Let's see who goes out there and wins. Now, obviously, there's 10 other people on the field, and that's not going to control everything, but I'm excited to see how our guys match up against their guys, essentially. The most meatball shit you could say, right? (laughs) But It is a top 10 team in the nation. It's a team that if they win against us and win in the Pac-12 championship, they'll go to the college football playoff. I don't know what would happen if they got to the college football playoff, and I quite frankly don't want to find out. We control part of that. And we come out and play how we played against Clemson. We are going to win this game on Saturday, and I look forward to it. Uh, Hopefully they're able to find a way to do it. But I got to say on the defensive side of the ball, You need pressure with four. You can't really afford to send too much extra pressure because while we do have a couple great players in the secondary, we're not necessarily too deep in the secondary, and they do have talented receivers. Cornerback and safety are some of the hardest positions to play in all sports, and I think that obviously throughout the course of game, obviously our guys are going to get beat a couple times, so you have to just limit the deep balls, try and keep everything in front of you, try and limit it to short and intermediate routes, and find a way to get them off the field on third down, right? You don't want to allow them to convert on third or fourth down, and you absolutely have to keep them under 50%. Create turnovers, create pressure in Caleb Williams' face, and don't allow them to get off the ground running like with their running game. Because if they have a balanced offense, we're screwed. But if we get into a game where – Yeah, it's Caleb Williams ends up throwing the ball like 60 times. Well, I don't think he'll get that many opportunities. But hypothetically speaking, I still think we have a chance to win that. But keep their possession to 25, keep their points to under 30. And I think a couple turnovers will win you this game. Five and a half point favorites. I'm taking the money line. I, I don't. You can keep your points. I don't need them this week. This is a emotional bet. This is uh, 
me just like this team's not fucking losing this week, right? And offensively, I think I'm not going running backs. I'm not going receivers. No Michael Meyer. I'm going offensive line. The offensive line is the key to – honestly, call a spade a spade. Both lines this week are the keys to winning this game, okay? So offensively, we need to block it up perfectly. We need to create opportunities and create spe- space for our backs. We got three backs out there that are going to be able to make plays for us on Saturday that have all season long, and I don't think USC is quite ready for that. Offensive line is one of the best in the nation, and I think that we have a physical advantage over the defensive line of USC. I think that we'll look to take advantage of that as, as much as we can. Obviously, I'm not saying Drew Pine's not going to throw the football, but I think that there's going to be an extra emphasis on running the ball, extending drives, keeping the ball in our possession, and finishing drives in the end zone this week. There will probably be a couple couple quick strikes in there, but you never know until you get out there, until you get a couple series into the game to really get a feel for it. And even then, like I said, this USC, this USC team can score. This USC team can score a lot of points, and they can score often. On the defensive side of the ball, like I said, pressure with four. Now, you can sit here and say, yeah, I'd like to see three interceptions from Benjamin Morrison again this week. But the fact of the matter is, is that's probably not going to happen. If we can get a couple turnovers, hopefully Brandon Joseph is able to play this game. He didn't play last week, so I would anticipate that was more precautionary, obviously, thinking that we're going to beat Boston College anyways. So sit him out. Hopefully we get him back this week. But Benjamin Morrison, Brandon Joseph, Tariq Bracey, Need those guys to have big games. But I think it all starts up front. The pressure that we're able to create with four allows us to drop more people in coverage, and we have a quality defensive line. I think that if we can get – I'll put a number on it. I'll say three-plus sacks and a number of quarterback hurries and pressures just really just create a presence in that backfield with with our four down linemen. Again, as meatball as it gets. We don't need to complicate it for our guys in the secondary and for our linebackers that will be, you know, covering an extremely talented group of receivers. And even though it's not their starting running back, quick backs. So with that being said, like you got to be able to create pressure with four. You got to be able to, to make sure that Caleb Williams knows you're there and that, you know, you're coming in balls to the wall to get after him. And like I said, three sacks, bunch of pressures, bunch of hurries, would love a strip sack. But interceptions, as much as they are great plays most of the time by the defensive backs, interceptions start up front with the D-line and pressure. The turnovers usually start with pressure. So you need them to have a, a great performance out there on Saturday. And we'll see. But I think that they're the most important group out there on Saturday. Special teams have to make our kicks this week. No missed kicks, no missed extra points. So I I guess I'll be going with Blake Ruth. But need as many points as you can in this game, and it's really not a game that you want to settle for field goals. So when you do settle for a field goal, you have to make it because this is a touchdown game. You need as many points as you can possibly get. And – like I said, I think for a score prediction, it's modest. It's a little bit lower scoring than uh, most people would say, but I think I'm definitely going to stick with it, and I'll say that Notre Dame pulls this one out 31 
to 28. Close game, field goal game, one possession game, a game that, I mean, we're all going to be on the edge of our seat for three hours out there. And it's, it's one of those games that, you know, with it being a rivalry and it's a cross country rivalry, it's a game that's been played for so many years and it has a awesome trophy in the jewel shillelagh. Like it's a game that every year that you play in, you want to be able to win. And we have to be able to get out there and find a way to win a football game on Saturday because it kind of controls how our postseason will go. We will have an opportunity to most likely play in a New Year's Six Bowl game if we are able to win that game out there on Saturday at USC. But, yeah, with that being said, uh, like I said, offensively, offensive line most important, defensive line most important. Blake Group's got to make his kicks out there. And then score prediction, 31 to 28. It's probably going to be higher scoring than that, but I think I'd like to think our defense has a little bit of an answer. And then obviously with the complimentary football, the offense having the ball a little bit longer than they usually do because USC's defense is just that level of stink. Uh, I look forward to seeing how it all pans out. But 31-28 for a score prediction. I look forward to it. It's a 6.30 kickoff, uh, Central Time, 7.30 Eastern Time, and it's going to be a great game. I think it's one of the games of the week. I look forward to it. I know it's going to be, you know, it's going to be on the big screen at many places, but most importantly, my family room, and I, I just cannot wait for it to be Saturday, and I'm hoping for a win. No matter what happens, though, we'll be back with you guys on the other side to – we'll do, so – We'll just end for the rest of the season. I guess I'll say this, get this out of the way. I have a lot more time. Uh, rest in peace to NIU. Their season's over on Saturday, and I have no more episodes because there's no bowl game for them. But I do have more time to do pre and post. So I'll do uh, for this game specifically for the USC game, we'll do just a post game podcast that's dedicated just to the USC game. And then after that, we will probably do an episode when we get like the bowl just the bowl announcement and then we'll talk about the college football playoff and just other bowl games and stuff like that so maybe more just like a general episode that'll be a fun one and then after that we will do uh, a full episode to preview the bowl game and then a full episode to break down the bowl game and then that'll be another season of irish on tap but uh you know whether it's your first episode listening all season whether you've been listening to all the episodes this season or even in past seasons, you know, I really do appreciate, uh, especially as someone who's been running this as a one man show for the last two seasons, all the listens that we do get, um, the engagements that we get on social media on game days, love uh, Twitter account, even though I'm an absolute bipolar tweeter and you guys uh, that listen to the show will all know that, but uh, passionate about this team really want this team to do well. And I think that, like I said earlier in the show, uh, I'm thankful for the way this team's responded. I'm proud of the way they've responded. And like I said, I'm also thankful for you guys and the support uh, that we've had over the years that we've had the show. So, again, it's that time of the year. It's the end of the season. It is what it is. But you got to find a way to win two more games, get to 10 wins. Let's do this. Like, we, no matter what, are going to play two top 10 teams to close out the season. And – as a young team that will be going into 
a second year head coach, that is the perfect opportunity and exactly what like the situation that you want to be in. And like I said, the beginning of the show, the perfect bookend to last season where we end up losing our bowl game after being up by a gazillion in the first half. So win this one, win the bowl game. And I think that all chaos that ensued during this season will be lost and we'll be good to go rolling into next season with a lot of momentum. But with that being said, this was another episode of Irish on tap presented to you by on tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. You can follow our main account at ONTAP Irish. We really do appreciate you for tuning into this week's show. Uh, we'll be back to you guys, like I said, for a full episode just to recap the USC game. Then we'll get into bowl season and we'll close out another great season with you guys. But like I said, whether it's one episode or 100, we really do appreciate you guys to, for listening to this week's show. I got the Irish by 1,000 this weekend, but I'll settle for three. We really do appreciate you, and we'll be back with you guys on the other side of this one. We got nothing else for you guys, and go Irish.